0: confirmation? You don't believe me? I don't, I don't know. Should I believe you? Have you given me reason to believe you? I don't think it matters. Either way,
1: it's gonna, you're gonna look it up and it's gonna be there and you're not gonna say anything. You're not gonna say, oh, you were right. You're gonna move on and say, okay, let's start the podcast because God forbid you'd admit that you were wrong. No,
0: but I am gonna start the podcast right now. Welcome. Actually, can I get, can I get another drink? Jesus
1: Christ. Can I get another drink before you start?
0: (sighs) Ah. Okay then. Well then I say we, uh, we get down to business. Lay it on me, Captain. Alright. Welcome to 100 Lunatics, a horror movie podcast dedicated to giving horror franchises the respect they deserve. I'm your host and horror fan, Daniel Carver, and along for the ride is my horror-hating cousin, Nathan. Say hello, Nathan. Hello. Wow. Way to keep the energy up. Alright, thanks for joining us on our... Well, you just
1: said it was about respecting horror movies, and then you said it was your horror-hating cousin, Nathan.
0: Yeah, I just want people to know that you're you're the horror hater. You're the opposite wow. of me in this dynamic.
1: You made me sound like a fart in the room.
0: Oh, like like my sweet and sour sidekick. Yeah, well, decorate my however sweet and you sour want. sidekick is scare.
1: <laughs> decorate it however you want. It still smells like shit. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. My I'm just you know
0: my curmudgeonly cohort of classic cult. Uh, you know I'm what, what I'm getting
1: bring at. A I'm trying to bring myself to the moment and, you know, <clears throat> try to, you know,
0: accept my role. Okay? Just, you know, just let me, let me do that. Are you uncomfortable in the sidecar? No, no. I'm perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. No? Do you have what it takes to get through these movies? Yes. Yes. Right. Challenge accepted. I'm starting to question your dedication to this.
1: Challenge accepted. All right. I represent a larger demographic than you
0: do. Oh.
1: Zing. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming out.
0: All right. So this is what we're going to do. This is what the 100 Lunatics podcast is all about. We're going to start with two horror franchises at a time. Starting with the original, alternating back and forth between the franchises so that we don't bore ourselves, analyzing each and every one as we go along, and bringing you, the listener, as much information as we can behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. I'm going to say why it's beautiful. Nathan's going to say why it's drek. Uh, can I, Daniel? Yeah, you want to cut in here?
1: Can I ask questions? Yeah, absolutely. First, I just want everyone to know that he didn't tell me anything about how this podcast was going to be formatted, so I'm learning as... You're hearing, um, what's going to happen. I just found out that I'm responsible to, you know, produce Drek about the horror film, which won't be difficult. That's not the point. I I just, I have a few questions.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not setting you up in a role you can't handle. (laughs) You talk to me all the time about how you hate these films, so I just assume that's the role that you would take. If you end up loving these movies, hey, I'm all for it.
1: Okay. Well, um, why do we do two franchises at a time?
0: Uh, give ourselves a little bit of a palate cleanser. I figured a lot of these franchises have sometimes 9, 10 or more installments, which is a lot of one particular lunatic to take on at a time. I figure if we start off, say, with uh, the two franchises we're going to be handling first, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Um, This gives us a chance to enjoy Freddy and Jason at the same time, especially since the two franchises culminate in a Freddy vs. Jason movie crossover. Man, if I was like a
1: a horror movie loving, like horror con nerd, I that that idea would probably, you know, really excite me.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, and it excited a lot of people, especially the the uh, directors and producers of those franchises. Because they thought it was going to happen a lot earlier than it did. And some of the franchises had to put out installments in the meantime.
1: I remember. I remember all the hype. It was actually like I had never watched any of them. But I did watch that.
0: Yeah. And speaking of remembering. I'm glad that you bring that up. The first thing that I want to do. We're going to do a couple of things this episode. This is episode zero. Um, We're going to be getting into the original Nightmare on Elm Street. uh, The legitimate episode one. Next week, this is episode zero, just sort of to uh, introduce Nathan and myself, um, give you an idea of what the format of the show is going to be. And in this particular episode, we're going to talk about our memories of these horror films, uh, some common horror film tropes, and what tends to happen to horror franchises over time. So, since you brought up memories, which one of these franchises, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Child's Play, yada, 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 do you remember coming into contact first when you were young?
1: Um, I don't know. I have like scattered memories from my past, my, my childhood where, and I think this could be why I don't like horror movies as much as I do, because I never had a positive association to my experiences with them. I always was frightened and it always affected me negatively. So, you know, through fear or whatever, I didn't watch any of the original, uh, films, I know that later on in my life, I think I saw a preview for a Jason movie on TV when I was maybe eight or nine years old. Anyway, the preview made me have nightmares. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no thanks. I think it was like Jason 7 or something. And I was... I went... And authentically had nightmares. I was authentically frightened by the preview. Mm-hmm. And it actually did affect me negatively. And just, um, you know, scattered things. I think there was one time I was on a family vacation or something, and I was watching the television in a hotel room, and I think I caught, like, 5 to 10 minutes. And this is, again, same age range, like, 8 to 12, something like that, um, where I caught, like, a few minutes of The Hills Have Eyes, I think it was. Oh yeah. It was, like, guys on motorbikes and people dying and bald-headed wackos, and I was, like, very traumatized <laughs> <laughs> by the by the 5 to 10 minutes, whatever it was. I, I you know, had
0: nightmares. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was... Uh, I was 10 or 11, it was one of the first times I was allowed to be home by myself for a couple of hours, and uh, it it was late enough for it to be dark, and I was watching TV by myself, it was in the middle of a trailer for Child's Play or Child's Play 2, and I have a particular fear of dolls and puppets and things. And in the middle of that trailer, the power in the house went off, and it was just me in the dark with the last image that I see, something being like, friends to the end, heidi ho <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. Well, I don't think I ever had a,
1: a memory about Child's Play, but I do remember thinking I was going to go nowhere near Nightmare on Elm Street, just because the idea of it... That's the thing, is that Jason was just a you know murdering psychopath or whatever, and Freddy lived in your dreams. You couldn't go to sleep, which was... Just the idea. I knew that if I ever watched one of them at a younger age, it would have been terrible. Would have been awful.
0: Yeah, that is a that is a a better premise uh, than Friday the Thirteenth. I think. but I
1: will say, watching the previews on the Hundred Lunatics website, um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> they have will not say aged well. I'm I'm glad Nightmare on Elm Street's first. I'll say that.
0: Oh yeah, you ready to poke some holes? I'm. I can just see the bullshit special
1: effects. Oh, it's going to be triumphant. <laughs> oh, that's the problem, is that I'm supposed to come in here as the horror hater, but really I'm just going to be pointing out the obvious. And maybe that's what horror hating is pointing out how terribly awful they are.
0: Mm hmm. That's why you have to delve a little bit deeper if you really want to tear a horror movie apart. Because it's too easy. It's like, uh, yeah, like making fun of a. A kid that has some sort of behavioral problem like everyone's like yeah yeah he's off we know (laughs) but um Mm, so we know it's
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of oh well you nathan you have to put it into context with the time frame and the the blah blah oh yeah i'm I'm coming at this in full defense i'm gonna gonna be speaking
0: uh, in perspective of these lunatics I'm gonna be shitting out
1: movie examples, uh, that did a far superior job at the same time frame and managed to entertain a greater demographic of people without offending, you know, 75% of the population. That's gonna be my stance most of the time, I think. But who knows? I might change. I might, I might enjoy them. Who knows? Maybe at some point in this whole process, you'll be like, you know what? This genre sucks. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing if we turned and all we switch sides? Yeah, and I'll be like, well, no, I think it's actually really amusing, like, mm-hmm. and funny.
0: And then you take over the website.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When we're when you start to reach, like, ladies and gentlemen, let me be the first to point out that Nightmare and Elm Street and Jason are a pretty big draw, and, you know, there's a lot of fans out there that may get into this whole process with us and listen to us and enjoy us, but... Um, I think by the time you get uh, Critters and Child's Play, things of this nature, I don't know. I don't want to meet the people that love those movies.
0: I really don't. don't. That's good. It'll take us a while before we get into uh, Critters and uh, Puppet Master. Child's Play might not be. That might be a good time for me to explain how it is that I'm choosing these horror franchises and in what order we're going to be going through them. Mm-hmm. Because it's not mm-hmm. chronological. If we want to go chronological, we'd probably start with uh, Peeping Tom or Psycho, but um, <clears throat> I prefer the 1980s. Nightmare on Elm Psycho, Street.
1: Psycho is interesting. Psycho is. Like, if you want to get into Hitchcock, like those movies are highly critically acclaimed. Those oh, I would, I wouldn't mind. Psycho two, I three,
0: four. Oh, stop it! I'm talking about. There's five the in the series.
1: Shut your mouth! I'm talking about. I get what you're saying, but at the same time I'm saying like Psycho and the Birds and and the Birds and uh what Vertigo like Hitchcock gave birth to this genre, one could argue. Mm-hmm. And you know, it would be like paying homage to the master.
0: Oh, so you're you, you're saying you I'm being the... directly disrespectful of the genre by not starting with Psycho.
1: Did you see the Hitchcock biopic? No. With a uh, Hopkins? One, yeah, wonderful movie. No, I didn't catch it. It was great. I went and saw it. It was good.
0: But um, the <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's great. Um, the the way that I am choosing these is but based... but
1: let's get back to what really matters, uh, like watching Puppet Master and Hellraiser.
0: Yeah. Excuse me oh,
1: while I drink more rye whiskey.
0: Yeah, we'll get in. We'll eventually get into the uh, nine film franchise of Puppet Master and the soon coming tenth installment. Um, One of the only franchises where every installment has gone straight to DVD. Not a single one in theaters. Uh, Pretty amazing. I'll be honest with you. I've never
1: heard of it until you sent me a text message with the box cover.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of a...
1: And I'm gonna to have to drink probably two hours in advance
0: before that podcast. So let me know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll make sure you get nice and greased up when we get down to those. <laughs> but no, the reason I started with, I want to start with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth uh, as the first two franchises that we get into is because those are the first ones that I remember getting into when I was a kid. And for me, horror films played a pretty significant part in my development as a human being, because when my parents separated, I was seven or eight years old. And my dad was the classic, uh, you handle your own problems, what do you need from me? Is it money? Okay, here you go, now be quiet for a while. So he didn't care what the hell we did. And when we went to the video store, I grabbed whatever the hell I wanted, especially because back in those days, there was not, you didn't take the actual box cover art, you took the film behind the box, you know? And so he never knew. He'd look at the side and be like, oh no, not sounds like some bullshit. And so I would just watch all of these horrible, horrifying movies, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And uh, every time I went to the video store, i just grabbed the next one. And if they didn't have part two, I'd go on to part three. If they didn't have part three, I'd go on to part four. I knew they were bad. I didn't actually get that scared of them when I was young. And even as that, at that age, I recognized that they were B-movies at best. But I don't know. I loved them. I loved the lore. I loved... Seeing how they change from movie to movie, all that really excited me, and that's what I hope that I can bring here. And hopefully, anybody listening to this that comes from your angle, maybe that they won't come to love these films, but they might come to appreciate them for, I don't know, being grandfathers of schlock. I don't really know. Uh,
1: Lowell, I'm gonna send you an email so that you can listen to your son analyze your parenting
0: skills. (laughs) Oh, he's a good dad. Nice man. But, uh, yeah. Made my way through a significant uh, (laughs) portion of the horror genre before I was double digits, so you... you
1: (laughs) He's a a great dad. He's a very supportive... He's a a wonderful father. He just
0: didn't give a flying fuck. (laughs) He didn't. And I never really questioned it until I started stumbling into the faces of death. Oh, movies at at, at, at 9 or 10. No, we're not reviewing those. But I once I got into those, then I realized I think my dad's supposed to be paying more attention. <laughs> <After> <laughs> like, the, Dad,
1: you feel like bringing him into the room and saying, do you know that I'm watching this? Yeah, after the first non-cutaway
0: suicide shot. Oh, and my jaw yeah. just held open for five minutes. <sighs> and I was like, just so this so isn't ready we
1: When we were younger, um, I went down to Texas to visit Daniel, and yeah, they put on Faces of Death in front of me, and I, you know, at the time I was uh, very it... open-minded, <laughs> and at that time I left the room. I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> Look, what the fuck is going on no, down here? I was like, I, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all for pushing the limit and, and accepting everything about the world, but this is exploitation of the wrong element. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So are, is it true though? Aren't we going to be, I thought you said this before, we were going to be doing like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and then possibly jumping into the future um, to present day and doing something a little bit more contemporary, and then kind of bouncing back, you know, like a ping pong ball.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility, and if we get some feedback yeah. from listeners, that might help make us or we, might help us with making that decision. Uh, oh, otherwise, yeah, we well, kind of yeah, feel Yeah, like if we out. have
1: two followers and they want us to do a specific thing, we will bow to their wishes. That's literally
0: all it will take—one <laughs> person that says, "Yeah, I wouldn't mind a new one." That's all it would matter. Hey, you guys are great. I love listening to you. Can you do this, please? Not a problem. Yep. Well, that one's complete <laughs> shameless pandering um <laughs> well
1: our one our one follower wants us to do this but we're going to go in a different direction <laughs>
0: oh a follower lost
1: yeah great
0: but yeah so i had planned on doing nightmare on elm street friday the 13th and then maybe uh uh halloween and hellraiser as the next two but yeah we might scoot ahead to the you know into the future and maybe do saw and Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity, yeah. Those are the, probably the two longest franchises currently. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to
1: say for contemporary popularity's
0: sake. Which, yeah, because then, but because then, but then, once you. But those
1: ones have those ones have a better argument. I mean, honestly, um, like if I was to talk about some of these other straight to DVD ones, like I'm just gonna shit all over them, and I, I don't <laughs> think you can. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a way in hell. I think you think there is a way in oh, hell. Oh, there's a way. But there is no way in hell that you will come out on the winning side of it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm really? No, I'm just apologizing to you in advance because you're going to need to be consoled afterwards. Oh, that when we watch. That no, shit. I don't think so. No, because so. you're going to you're going to pull shit out of your ass that matters to no one except the people that line up for autographs at the horror con nonsense. And there's a very small contingent of people out there.
0: No, hopefully I think they, you, hopefully you hopefully underestimate you the us. diversity hopefully of the you horror all fan. follow us. I love you all. But um,
1: you're, also a bunch <laughs> yeah. of, you're also a bunch of idiots.
0: You're like, no, and we really need you guys to listen. Uh, all of you losers and uh, pathetic dorks out there, uh, go ahead and sign <laughs> up. Subscribe at iTunes.
1: <laughs> that whole mental process needs therapy. So let's just, you know, create a positive atmosphere here, an inviting atmosphere. You know, come, enjoy, mm-hmm. listen to us talk, let it uh, illuminate your day and make you chuckle.
0: You know, hopefully you'll hate me and love him, so that he feels a little bit better about life. But mm-hmm. or hate me and love him, or hate both of us, or love both of us.
1: <sighs> come on, come
0: on! Horror fans and horror <laughs> haters alike, hop along for the ride. <laughs> extra, extra! <laughs> yeah, that's. That's what I need. I just need spitting newspaper graphics all over the website. I'm sorry, man. The other night... See, the other night we
1: recorded like a whole couple hours of nonsense and got just ridiculously drunk. (laughs) And um, I got to say, when he started launching in, trying to do the format, trying to create this Zero episode, I just pictured him in a top hat with a baton, with a a lion, (laughs) and a chair, a stool, and just like hey there podcast. folks you like horror pod- films <laughs> <laughs> the, the format was on the piece of paper in front of him you could tell you know he put so much effort and work into creating the website and so excited and he just step step one up step all up come on everybody like just you've heard of turning. Freddy, you've heard of jason <laughs> <laughs> like slasher films come get slashed it's just uh it was too much i um Yes, I'm going to be a thorn in your side every step of the way. <clears throat>
0: All right, Nathan, let's move this thing along. Let's talk a little bit about horror tropes. Mm. All right? These okay. are things, uh, whether through environment, character, or plot, that frequently pop up time and time again in the horror genre, in horror films. And there's something that uh, long-term horror fans kind of ride the fence on. We both expect them to be there because it's kind of an ironic joke that they exist in the first place, but we're also incredibly tired of seeing them. And the first horror director to make a movie that is minus 80% of these tropes is going to have a rocket ship to the stars. Um. So so for
1: the for the normal human being out there that doesn't use the word trope in everyday conversation, uh-huh. this is something else that you can look forward to. Is me calling you out on trying to be hyper intelligent. Yes, Nathan
0: um, is a uh, embarrassingly illiterate and uh, <laughs> takes the time to <laughs> defensively lash out whenever somebody's vocabulary slightly bests his own.
1: No, I'm just saying I know what trope means, but I don't care to use it in regular conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know. I would say that I would say to people, we're going to discuss the common expectation of a horror movie. The horror. common expectation of the content. How about horror that, film cliches? Yeah, cliches. Better, better word. Cliches. There. At
0: least trope. There's is something.
1: English. There's something
0: that. Oh fuck off! <laughs> and that's, God. And that's trope. T-R-O-P-E, not T-R-O-U-P-E. Are
1: we? Are we allowed to swear? Can I swear? What? Are we? Am I allowed to say the F word?
0: Yeah. If you want to take this show down into the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Swear it up, buddy. Of course. Like oh, you have to take a sip of whiskey before you can start swearing?
1: I just have to uh know what my boundaries and rules are. That's all. Continue. Yeah. Let's uh let's hey everyone, let's identify some tropes. So, um what kind of tropes are we talking about? Are we are we gonna focus in on Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the thirteenth in terms of tropes? Uh
0: yes. They especially well yeah, both of them are um now
1: I don't I don't really know. I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what the cliches and or tropes are in a horror genre film because I don't watch them. Yeah, but I, so, I think you'd still
0: recognize uh, a lot oh, of. Oh, I these. bet, you,
1: I bet you, when when you mention a couple, I'll be like, oh, okay, that makes
0: sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, for example, um, what's a classic one? Uh, car not being able to start. Mm, beautiful. Right. Getting away from the killer, getting into the car, engine won't turn over, doesn't matter how old or new the car is, whether it was just on a second ago or not, it does not matter. Um, Mm -hmm. One that goes good hand-in-hand with that is fumbling with a lot of keys at a locked door. Mm. Right? Oh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Just driving me wild
1: over here. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Um, However, I will mention that that isn't just a horror movie trope. That's a movie trope. That's true, yes. There will be some bleed over on, on some of these. Like Back to the Future, when he's at the line, the car won't go. He needs to start so he can drive and reach 88 miles per hour by the time he hits the wire. When the lightning strikes the clock tower at 10.04 p.m., -hmm. the car won't start. Exactly. And that's what I think about when
0: you say that. That's right. Not some sort of horror movie scene. Well, I'm sure the vast majority of any film references will take you back to Back to the Future.
1: How about this? Here's a horror movie trope, screaming at the end of a horror movie trailer. What? Oh, a woman screams and the screen goes black at the end of a horror movie trailer.
0: Yes. Yes, that is something that you will find. Yep. And a uh, really a good That is that is a horror specific cliche. It is. And so, so far, Nathan, 1, Daniel, uh, many, 0. No, I have dozens. Literally dozens. Um, but taking it even deeper than that is that having a... Give me a, a horror-specific one. Well, no, check this out. Having a female victim with a very identifiable good scream, that is as much of horror uh, lore and legend and cl- mm. cliche as, you know, uh, shadows or casting things in dark light. Like, they're called mm. scream queens, you know? Jamie Lee Curtis. That's Halloween. right. I mean,
1: totally totally forgot about Halloween.
0: That's right, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is a good example of... Uh, a scream queen, as they like to call them. Totally forgot about Halloween though, as a, as a franchise, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, it actually uh, predates Which actually both these.
1: surprises me because Halloween, the remake, the Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie remake. Mm-hmm. I watched that last Halloween because I was like, "Come on, come on, girl, now, come my on, get up, no, we can do this." I call for reference. I call my girlfriend, "Girl."
0: That's right. Yeah, he's very. Um, I say,
1: "Come on, come on, girl, let's watch a real like scary horror movie." And celebrate Halloween properly. And I watched um Halloween by Rob Zombie and I gotta tell you, it made me feel physically ill.
0: Yeah, his films have a way of doing that. He's got a very sandpaper to your face approach. <laughs> like the
1: most uncomfortable place to be in the world is in a room with me watching the Devil's Rejects and I haven't even seen it.
0: Oh yeah, no. That's actually that's probably the I only Rob Zombie you- film I really like, yeah. I can tell you right now that if I watched
1: the Devil's rejects, um, anyone in the room with me would feel uncomfortable
0: mm-hmm but just I'm, from being in my presence. I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Yeah, see that didn't make me feel better about it right getting back into some tropes. Here's one that here's <sighs> no here's one that, is, that comes along with a modern technology that is like a thorn in the side to horror writers, directors, uh, what have you and that's cell phones. Because in order to make a proper horror movie uh, setting, you need isolation, you need mm-hmm. separation, and the cell phone destroys that. So, and they never take yeah. the time to really get into it. It's just this random, we're in the woods, there's no reception, or we're in a bomb shelter, there's no reception. They never actually like take the time to remove their phones, or break them, or mm. find a way to separate them from them.
1: But did you ever think about... That's interesting, actually. Wow, I'm having revelations and actually engaged. Um, Can you see, though? Can you see that that's, in in the cell phone age, the two most popular franchises. One is about paranormal issues that you, you know, you can't escape paranormal activity. You can't escape it with a phone call and saw where they kidnap you and remove the phone. That's right. So those two franchises eliminate the cell phone. Because back in the day, they would have just cut the phone line to the house.
0: Yeah. And that's something that you see of a lot, too, is a lot of picking up the phone and "Eh, eh, 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 eh."
1: Mm -hmm. I can see that back in the day. Like this whole like people, especially younger kids who don't know the world before cell phones very well, if at all, Mm -hmm. any 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 kid born like mid 90s has no concept of what it meant to not have the ability to contact help from your cell phone. Right. I mean, they 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 get a glimpse of it when they go hiking or they they go out of the line of sight, which is actually getting worse and worse and worse. Like it becomes more and more limited the amount of places in the world where you can't receive cell phone service. And I live in Canada, and I live 30 minutes away from the mountains, and I can drive into the middle of the mountains and go hiking and lose service. So it's
0: almost like horror movies now have to take place in the middle of, you know, the forest. Right. And that's why when you look at uh, modern horror movies, you know, 90% of them start off with teenagers go out into the woods.
1: Mm. Hmm. It's also worth mentioning that there's probably some horror movies out there that the director and producer and writer were like, eh, fuck it, we'll just kill kill the cell phone service. Just have her look at her phone and say no service. Mm-hmm. It just so just so happens that, you know, she doesn't have connection. And it's not believable anymore because there's service everywhere.
0: That's so. right. And it's usually in that in those situations, it's usually some sort of supernatural force that moves in and you'll see the cameras <laughs> flicker a little bit, a little bit of static. <laughs> Suddenly electronics don't work so well. Like I was
1: thinking, you could you could do like a she 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 looks at her phone and it says no service, and then it flashes to, you know, a picture of her cell phone bill on the counter, and, oh, she chose the shitty service provider.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you can also do, like, a little product placement. <laughs> or
1: you got the, the masked vigilante um, crazy wacko outside setting up some sort of distortion device. <laughs> prior, prior to his murders, he sets up a cell phone service killing signal that goes in.
0: All right, let's see if I'm let me coast through some more of these on the list, and these will be things that uh, you might also like now. Keep an eye out for in the future as you go through these movies, and be like, <laughs> "Daniel mentioned that." I'm a chatty bastard. I gotta tell you, yeah. you bring something up, I chat about it. Oh no, that's good. That's what we're here to do. Uh, Fuck
1: timelines, man.
0: I like elaborating on these things because they're 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 fun to me when you notice them. Uh, um, how about a uh, uh, cheap real estate always equals haunted? <laughs> i laugh because recently
1: um chelsea and i went to the conjuring just because i was shocked that it got such a good rating on rotten rotten
0: tomatoes um this one might seem a little more not so obvious but cops in horror movies are notoriously useless (laughs) They don't ever arrive on time. Uh, They're rarely aware of what's happening, and a lot of the time, uh, they'll ignore a supernatural uh, craze that's happening in their town uh, against everyone else's better judgment.
1: Can we get racial as well? Isn't it the black guy that always dies first?
0: Yeah, I was just yeah. That's on my list. Being black gets you dead. Yeah, (laughs) it did, and that that's not so common now. They've actually no. It's become so self-aware that that's a trope that they've gone purposely against it. In modern films, you know, like a uh, deep blue something is what I can remember. Where L Cool J is freaked out the whole time because he's black and he thinks he's going to die, <laughs> but he ends up surviving.
1: Yeah. But they play off the whole trope, right? Like they use it. Exactly. Yeah. They, they become self-aware of it in the movie, which is self-deprecating and also makes it a comedy horror instantly.
0: And some might even stretch that out to say any other race other than white. Because often there'll be an Asian guy who's like the hacker or the tech-savvy one who gets killed off pretty early. Uh, can't remember I a say, whole lot of Latino characters. I say characters. whatever.
1: I like to bring up Predator in those situations. Are Predator and Alien considered horror?
0: Um, Yeah, they would actually... Sci-fi horror? Yeah, we could actually do them together because they cross over as well.
1: Because mm-hmm. Predator is, I mean, to in my mind, epic, beautiful movie, well done.
0: Yeah, it is. And the black guy doesn't die first. That's true. Yeah, it's not always true. Just usually true. Um, This one is one of my favorites because you can always see it coming a mile away. They set it up so in your face whenever they decide to do this. And that is making one of the characters extremely arrogant that he's not going to be affected by the horror around him. And then almost instantly after saying that uh, he's killed in one of the most brutal ways.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't uh, really have a good example for that one. Um, That's probably like a House on Haunted Hill type example or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I keep going back to Deep Blue Something, but uh, Samuel L. Jackson's little diet... Deep,
1: deep Blue Something? Can you at least say the right name of the movie? Is it
0: Deep... Why? what do I keep saying? You say Deep Blue Something. Isn't that what you it think, is? You think the movie's called Deep Blue Something? Is it not called Deep Blue Something?
1: No, it's not.
0: Is it called Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because it's about seas and sharks and stuff. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You can even, tell it's not a, a. It's not a franchise. A, there's no. He's a horror movie expert, ladies and gentlemen. There's no. He knows the titles of the movie. There's no deep blue sea two. I couldn't give a shit. Um. Oh really? If it doesn't have a sequel, it doesn't matter. Not to 100 yeah. lunatics, baby.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Is that our official mandate? Well, it's just kind of you know. Maybe, what if there's a gem? Maybe in the future we have movie? a segment where we talk about a horror movie that we just saw or something. You know, I'm cool the, with that. The, Conj- the
1: Conjuring doesn't have a sequel, right? Is it because the minute that horror movies make money, they, the, the, you know, the producer guy that does all horror movie sequel productions, you know, comes in as a, as a liaison to set up everything. Okay, this is how it's gonna work. You're gonna get a 10 million dollar budget. We're gonna blah 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 blah, do 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 do, and blah blah, blah 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 blah. Let's get to three.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and actually, um, producers a lot of the time are the reason that these sequels get pushed out. And in the '80s, man, they pushed these things out really fast, like
1: Mm.
0: like one a year almost. Um, I haven't looked at the financials on it, but Saw did that, man. Saw did that for years. Yeah, Saw took an old formula and uh, did it right. But um, ten ten million dollar budget for pretty much
1: Saw three through Saw seven. Pretty much, Saw one was a million. Saw two was four million. And saw three, four, five, six, all 10 million each. Yeah. Very, form- very formulaic.
0: But you might develop the, a respect for these original creators and directors and writers that you might not have had before. Because it's, it's actually more common than not that all of these guys desperately wanted to not have the franchise continue. Like they either fought to have it purposely stopped from going into production for a sequel or they left it entirely and turned their back on it and said, don't fucking talk to me again. Some of them were convinced to come back later and re-jump the series. Others continue to turn their back on it. So it's really strange. You'd think that these guys would be as money-hungry as everybody else. But no, a lot of the time they're like, please just leave my masterpiece alone. And then they go and ruin it with eight sequels. (laughs) Well, that's just it.
1: Like, I don't, like, I will tell you right now, I have seen Saw. Yeah. and And I have seen Paranormal Activity. Right. But I have not seen any of their sequels. Any of them. Because I know that. I know that the original idea is what spawned the franchise. And I know, I'm smart enough to know that the producers and all the bullshit involved happens after it has success. When you make a movie for a million dollars that grosses the kind of money that these original ideas gross, like you, like, paranormal activity was a $15,000 budget and grossed over 200 million worldwide. Yeah. You know that the, the vultures are coming. And despite whether two, three, four, and five are good or not, the original idea is about to become compromised. Yes. And they're going to exploit everything they can to make more money. And I don't know. I, en- I enjoyed Saw One and Paranormal Activity, so I wouldn't say I'm a horror hater. I am a redundancy hater. I am a. Uh, I don't. I don't appreciate when things are done specifically with money involved and no creativity. It's like it's like when you listen to a musical group that you love, and when they were young and they did a lot of drugs and they got out of their heads and didn't follow their egos and produced truly creative music and presented that to the world. It was it was you know it captures you. It it um, it really engulfs you. And then you know later on you you cheer for them and you want them to do well, but they never quite get back to what what they did before. Unless they were in the '70s and they were doing drugs the whole time, <laughs> and, we, and then their whole their whole discography is awesome, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Zeppelin, like Zeppelin, the whole thing is great because they were just flying on acid the whole time. That's right. And then the then the important ones died, and then they had no reason to continue, and they were forced to stop and capture their perfection in time. Yeah, you got Jimmy Page and Robert Plant up on stage with
1: wrinkles in their faces, just given given that they're all.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, trying to get trying to get their
1: dick sucked by an eighteen year old.
0: Yeah, as they age and sober up, and they like no longer have a big sex drive because they've fucked everything every which way already. They just get the super kind of lazy lovey dovey songs that they pump out all the time mm. that you feel like you should be listening to at a Starbucks or something. Like I feel like Paul McCartney and everything <laughs> you he listen to their songs, to get... they're just lazy, like I love you and you love me, and it's that's, love. That's what
1: it is. That's the analogy right there. Is that um. <laughs> Horror movie sequels—you're gonna love this. <laughs> horror, horror movie sequels are the equivalent of aging rock and roll stars that get plastic surgery and go back out on tour. Mm. Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger—their their faces all look fucked up. It's it's over. <laughs> it was over. It was over a long time ago. And you coming out on stage, acting, trying to pretend like you're still you know the Paul McCartney that you know just left the Beatles and loves music and everybody loves him watching him at the at the London Olympics doing his uh, live and let die great song but man the whole time you're looking at him going jesus christ mm-hmm. he like went into a doctor's office and showed them a polaroid of what he looked like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah. and tried to recreate it yep and they did an okay job but you can also tell that it's fake
0: no there's and always a tinge of freak Oh, I know, but that's what I'm saying.
1: They did an okay job. I didn't say they did a good job. I said they did an okay job. Right, right. They did it to a point where you can recognize that it's him, but you're also like, that's not normal. There's something going on there. You look at him closer, there's no makeup. You're like, yeah, there's something fucked up about that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. All this talk about Saw and Paranormal Activity, maybe we will go to those two franchises next because Paranormal Activity has a pretty consistent devolving that it happens to throughout the series. I like the first movie a lot, all the way up until the last five seconds when they ruined the entire thing. Um, But Saw, Saw is actually very odd and special to me, and we'll get deep into it when we get to it. I have a lot to say about the Saw franchise. It actually follows a lot of uh, respectful rules of horror, not just with the original movie, but almost like they knew a bunch of sequels were going to come. The Saw franchise is much more compact and consistent than almost every other horror franchise.
1: I would I would say that the failure of Saw
0: and this is just from me running
1: a video store. That's right everybody. Remember video stores? Mm-hmm. They're,
0: Nathan they're ran gone. one. I used to work at one. They're gone. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Gone in those days. One,
1: ran one for five years and I watched pretty much every Saw movie hit the shelf on D V D and I could just tell by reading the backs. I didn't watch the movies, but I read the back covers and I could tell that, you know, the the problem with the movies was that they cared too much about the backstory, trying to legitimize it by chasing Jigsaw. And it doesn't matter. Like, that, that part of it is, you know, and I could see that, you know, eventually they had to kill Jigsaw and then, what, bring him back
0: to life? Like, it's, fuck off. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I... Completely disagree. I think them chasing after that backstory is, is to me, what makes that uh, franchise uh, better than it should be.
1: Well, maybe that's just something I don't understand about horror
0: movies. It's because with, without your I think main lunatic, that... all you have is an anthology, so you you have to hold on to that lunatic.
1: Oh, I know. You, you do have to hold on
0: to the lunatic,
1: but it doesn't matter. Um, what I'm saying is, like it doesn't matter whether... Uh, See now you got me flustered. <laughs> well, let's no, not. it's it's because I could tell that he's not going to go away. That it's either, you know and if he did die that there's going to be a copycat. Oh, look, I'm right. There's a partner or something that's going to carry on his work like fuck off. Like and then in the end he's not really dead at all. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> yep. like, I just I that's know that biggest, he's not that's going that's the biggest away. trope
0: of them all is that I... they never die.
1: They never die. They're they're invincible or they're Im- immortal.
0: Yeah, for one or very, or many reasons. Yeah, sometimes it's supernatural. Sometimes I do not even bother to explain it. Either way, you can
1: tell you can tell by the original series like Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street that you know. You know, there's 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 some of the titles in there that even say it like Jason lives or something. Mm-hmm. What is it? Jason takes New York. <laughs>
0: Jason Fuck. takes Manhattan. Yep. Fuck off. Part part eight. Oh,
1: let's let's put Jason in Manhattan. Like,
0: oh, fucking cares.
1: That's like the lost world putting dinosaurs in New York. Like,
0: uh-huh. No. On. Thank you again for segueing me into this. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap this all up is the the common evolution of franchises over time. And you hit on one of them, which is just changing the location. Just taking our lunatic and throwing them in somewhere new. Manhattan, why not? You know, But you know what usually happens before? Uh, that actually comes late. Usually franchises go urban long before part eight. Uh, they tend, one, two, and three tend to be r- roughly serious attempts at keeping the franchise together. And then once you get past part three, uh, you'll see them often do something like the Leprechaun series, which is Leprechaun in the Hood. They'll take it urban and kind of explore black culture a little bit, uh, make up for killing all the black people in the previous franchises. Um, Is it Leprechaun 2 that's like the most infamous I think the ori- cult horror movie ever made? I don't know. The original has Jennifer no, there's, Aniston. There, there's a
1: specific Leprechaun movie, and it's not the first Leprechaun. Is a specific Leprechaun movie that I've heard discussed and talked about at length about being this like, one of the most infamous, most retarded movies ever made. And there's got this like epic,
0: epic following. <laughs> larger, oh, larger than any. Oh, no, no, no. That's Troll 2.
1: Oh, Troll 2. There it is. Okay, yes. sorry. She shows you how much I know.
0: Yeah, that is one of the most famous uh, good, bad movies uh, ever made. Yeah. Mostly because the director like, like they to they made this day doesn't fucking... understand that he made something terrible. And they made
1: it with a fucking like home home video camera or something. Yeah,
0: and they hired the main star, and that is like a dentist from a small town that they just found. <laughs> like it's the movie. There's a there's a documentary on it called the best best worst movie or something. Mm, it's, there it is. it's it's insane. But yeah, if it's not going urban, then uh, you probably recognize this one. If they go into space. They love taking things up into space. There's no greater isolation location than space. Uh, Jason goes to space. Yep, that's Jason X. That's Jason 10. Uh, if they can't do space. <laughs> if they can't do space. I
1: want to watch that one. Let's keep doing
0: this. Yeah, we'll be getting there. I want to get to Jason in space. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yep, Jason goes to space. and You're uh... not
1: going to be able to handle me by the time we get there. Baby. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> You're just simply not going to be able to handle it. I don't know what you got coming out of your ass to to justify Jason in space. It's going to be a short conversation. And everybody, any- everybody is going to be like a 20-minute podcast where I just yell at him for 10 minutes and he just apologizes to me for the next five. And then we say thanks for coming out. <laughs> that's that's what Jason Ten's podcast is going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, in in the same realm, if they can't go into outer space, then they'll often take it to cyberspace. And kind of throw like an internet technology twinge in there. Like maybe the the villain, the lunatic of the film can come through your wires somehow or something. Um, once all those things have been done, the series usually becomes self-aware. In which case it becomes sort of a comedy horror. Like you see with, uh, you know, all the way up until Child's Play 3, they're taking themselves pretty seriously. And then Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky... Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. They're they're aware of what they've become. But yeah, you'll see you'll see as we make our way through these franchises that if they don't just completely tear themselves apart from the inside out, they tend to explore themselves until they get tired, uh then they go either into space or into the hood. Uh then they either change format entirely, like Halloween tried to do in Halloween 3, or they become self-aware, like the Chucky films. Um And then after that, they usually start over. That's usually when the reboot hits, is when there's no more territory left to exploit. And all that they can do is just start over. Any last words? Anything you look forward to? Anything? um, Any surprises you expect along the way?
1: I got to say, I'm like, I mean, because next week is A Nightmare on Elm Street, right? That's right.
0: That'll be our first one.
1: (laughs) I kind of think I shouldn't have watched the preview because I am really anticipating some, <laughs> some awful special effects like just the the scenes that they chose to highlight in the trailer are oh like like the hole in the middle of the bed and the kid being dragged through i mean i get what they're trying to achieve mm-hmm. that you know they fell asleep and they're being attacked in their nightmares or whatever but i hope it's done well in context with the movie because that you know you can you can <laughs> When when you see special effects that you could probably have engineered <laughs> yeah. yourself, you know, like cut a hole in the middle of the mattress, put the sheet over top, like, come on.
0: Yeah, come on, I would much rather that. have a, a physical effect that I thought I could do myself than terrible CG. Oh, I agree. Terrible CG is, is yeah, there's no, it's a sin for sure. Yeah, I I just, I'd rather a hole in the bed than birdemic birds.
1: I know. I'm just gonna have to put myself into a mind space. Like I'm gonna end up laughing at some of this shit. Oh I'm yeah. not gonna be able to control myself. No, no, it's okay. And w- sometimes and when you're we talk to. about it, I'm just gonna be straight up with you and say, look, you know, Star Wars did better than this, and it had the same budget, you know.
0: Oh yeah, no. You you will be laughing, and sometimes you'll be you'll supposed to be laughing. Uh, Freddy Krueger is a infamous pontificator of puns. So, uh, you know, you ever been scared by wordplay? Get ready. Okay. No, I take it back.
1: Star Wars had a much bigger budget. <laughs> Star Wars had a eleven million dollar budget and uh on Elm Street had one point eight million dollars. So fair enough. I'll give it some slack.
0: All right. There we go. Alright. If that's all you got to say, then all I'm I have worried. Is... I'm worried. Oh, you want more oh, I'm thinking about? I go, right no, now? yeah, continue. I'm gonna tell
1: you my honest opinion of what I think about right now. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this movie. I'm afraid of how bad it's going to be. I am not afraid of being scared by it. That's what I feel.
0: Well, that's okay. Because I look forward to loving it and taking many a note, which I'll bring up on next week's episode of 100 Lunatics, where we get deep into Nightmare on Elm Street. Actually, wait, let me be official. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Good. Because I'm not taking any notes.
1: A nightmare on Elm Street is going to be a nightmare in my living room. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. No, (sighs)
0: seriously. I think that's enough. I think we're going to cut this off right here. Um, Thanks for joining us for the first time. If you are listening, uh, check us out at 100lunatics.squarespace.com. That's 100 written out with letters. Or check us out on Twitter at 100lunatics. That's 100 written out as a number. Nathan, any last words? Nope. Good. See you next week. (laughs)